1: Welcome in to another episode of the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. Today I'm on location on the west side of Indianapolis off Georgetown Road coming to you from Shoot 360 Indy, a new basketball facility with all the goods inside. And I'm talking with former Pacer Fred Jones, who's the owner here. Fred, I appreciate you taking some time here today.
0: Oh, Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming to check us out.
1: Let's first talk all about where we're at and why you decided this was for you, because I got a feeling for all those professional athletes, while you're still in the pros and then afterward, I can't imagine how many offers, how many people are coming at you, both from requests and needs to, here, put your money here, Uh, we're going to make it grow and go big time. Uh, Why shoot 360,
0: Fred? Well, um, basketball, one. It's something that I'm very comfortable with and something that I know that I've done my whole life, so... Um, you know, that was uh, something that I always felt like I was going to get back to. I was coaching at the University of Oregon and finishing my degree uh, when I got the opportunity with Shoot360. Um, and then, you know, I wasn't interested in a lot of these big facilities that people are building around and have uh, five or six courts and that you're hosting tournaments. I wanted a, a real business model in a gym, and, and I got it in this. And when I got to Shoot360, I was my thinking was, Man, I've been playing basketball all my life. I've I've been in every gym. And then when I got in the the gym, it was different than what I expected. And that was the only time I walked in a gym and saw something different. So I said, yeah, absolutely. I want to get involved.
1: All right. So take me through the process of this idea being presented to you, maybe traveling to visit other facilities that are already up, and then the, the time it takes to have all the plans, get all the permits, and build this thing out.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. It, <laughs> it's it, a lot. It's definitely a lot of work. Um, you know, like I said, two years ago, I was on the coaching staff at University of Oregon, um, and was finishing my degree. And after the season was over, I was trying to figure out whether I was going to stay there and you know join the staff, or what what's next. You know, what what mm-hmm. else am I going to do? Um, and I had a friend that had told me about Shoot Three Sixty about a year before that, and I just you know kind of shrugged it off and and didn't pay it no no mind. And June of – so June, two years ago, uh, game seven of the NBA finals, Cleveland and Golden State, um, my friend invited me over to his house to watch the game, me and the family, and he lived by the Shoot 360 in Vancouver, Washington. So um, right before the game, he was like, let me run you up here to the gym real quick so you can see it. So um, we drove us to the gym, got in the gym, and – that's all we talked about the rest of the night he, during the game. Was set up the meeting. Like I'm, I'm ready to come in and, and talk to the people that that own it. Um, Craig Moody is a former college coach in the Portland area, and that this is his baby. This is what he's created. Um, another guy named uh, Kirk Brown, who um, owned a couple businesses and done really well, has invested in it and, and been a big part. And you know, got to meet them and, and see what they're about. And, where they wanted to take it to, and we we meshed, and they needed me, and I needed them, and so it, it worked good. It wasn't a one sided partnership. Mm-hmm. It was it was something we could do together and and try to make this thing grow.
1: The thing with it is, it's not just a gym or two or three gyms together. It's that next step. It's pretty much all digital. There's a court in the middle, but for the most part, they're surrounding hoops um, that are attached to a monitor and all that. Explain what's going on there for the kids.
0: Yeah, so we um this gym we have one NBA size court. Um we have eight shooting cages which are in a pie shaped form that are roped off um with each cage. Each shooting cage has a seventy inch TV above it. Uh and also has what we call a NOAA system. Watch depth. some basketball and football <laughs> on that TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It also has a NOAA system which tracks the arc and the depth of your shot every Ooh. time. So every shot they shoot they get a, a readout somebody's talking to them on the screen and they see a picture of a number system that that relates to the arc that they put on the ball. Um, so every time they shoot, they get to the correct it instead of waiting for a workout and you're done and you don't know if you've done it the right way. You just got a lot of shots up.
1: Because bad repetitions is way worse than even coming out here. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, we, um, so the NOAA system is a big part of what we do. Um, and then we have a lot of uh, proprietary technology with different games and and stuff that the kids are able to do in a compete factor and compete against each other uh, we have what we call a shooting league where there's four minute quarters and you play a whole game and okay. you're competing against the the next um you know the next pod next to you the next shooting cage or you can uh, compete remotely like i could play a team in la in the la facility here so it's pretty neat yeah it's unbelievable
1: describe your average client at this point you're what three months in is this geared more towards the high schoolers is it those elementary middle schoolers that you're trying to kind of shape their shot at this point
0: I mean it's a little bit of all of it um I think 75 percent of our members are probably at age 9 to 15 Mm -hmm. um you know and then we do definitely have quite a few high schoolers and you know even college and we've had pro athletes in here we we feel like we have the ability to you know, to help any type of athlete. You know, the, our courts, our trainers that I employ, everybody, we can have a three-year-old kid or a 25-year-old all pro. We we feel like we have something for them.
1: Got to believe on this nba size court, you have some games running, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or, mm-hmm. or whatever, I'm sure, because courts are in high demand, especially indoors.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and and good courts, good wood, you know, it's it's a difference between, you know, mm-hmm. what – what guys that are playing, playing for a living, uh, you know, how they're taking care of their bodies and everything. So they want to play on, on the right surface and everything. So. I was
1: telling Sean Bolden, one of your trainers, as I came in, I go, Ooh, this place still has that, that new car, that new place smell.
0: Yeah. We we need to keep it that way for a <laughs> while. I mean, it's, uh, we definitely, we go through a checklist every single day on cleaning supplies and, and what we need. So we want to keep it looking good. You know, we feel like, that old saying, if you look good, you play good. If you if our facility looks good, we can get good training out of here. Play
1: good, pay good, eat good, live good. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I love that one. C.J. Miles turned me on to that one last year. Oh, okay. He said that a lot. What has been the, the biggest challenge maybe here in this third? Let's take the whole year. Maybe it was in the construction process or obtaining members. What has been maybe the thing that's caused a headache?
0: For me, um, you know, in this, it's kind of – what comes first and what what should i be doing what what should i spend more of my time with um is it being in the gym so if somebody comes in that you know i'm definitely not a figurehead that just my name is on the building i'm here trying to to get it done every day um but do i need to be in here all the time should i be out in the community promoting it and getting in front of people and let them know what, that we're here and what we do uh so that's probably been the biggest challenge of what do i do do i mm-hmm. do i spend my time here Or do I spend my time out in the community trying to drum up some business?
1: Yeah, those first few months, do you want to um, perfect, let's say, what you're doing and really get the system down? Or do you want to make it aware so you can add to your membership and have a a nice trajectory of growth
0: at
1: the jump? You also have uh, a couple other business interests in in moving forward. Do you think you'll stay in this kind of realm, being a business owner, or do you have other aspirations, maybe more geared towards basketball? Because, for instance, over the summer I saw you several times at Bankers Life Fieldhouse um, during the pre-draft workouts in May and June as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, basketball is, you know, you never know. I I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, honestly. Um, I know Shoot360 is in my future. This is what I want to do. Uh, you know, I want more than this facility. I want five or six down the line. Um, so this is definitely, uh, what I want to build myself on. Um, as far as coaching, I've always been interested in that. That's why I went back to the university of Oregon so that I could go back to get my degree so I can have that option, uh, you know, down the line. Um, when I was at the Pacers facility this summer. If anybody know me, I'm a huge duck. I'm an Oregon duck. I played there, so uh, I had Jordan Bell one time that I came to see. I had Dylan Brooks another time that I came to see. So it's really just coming there to support, you know, and, and show those guys that I I care about them. You know they. Uh, I coached them at Oregon, so I wanted to just be there for that moral support.
1: And you got Kevin Pritchard and members of his staff, Portland guys. No, they were no, out in Portland no, for yeah, I don't know eight, ten years.
0: I, I played for him at one point. So. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Forgot connecting the dots there. So you have a, a pre existing relationship before he right. even got here. Yeah. So coaching would be maybe one of the end game goals. Perhaps it wouldn't be GM or president uh, evaluating versus coaching on the court. You seem like a hands on type of guy.
0: Yeah, I I'm not necessarily sure which way it would be. Um I love the business side of, of things now. So I love the business of basketball. Um so probably that more than coaching uh at this point. Uh, I mean a, a GM I've always dreamed about that being able to construct, you know, a group of guys to go out to try to, to try to win a championship. I mean, that's that's the ultimate. I I try to get me four or five guys in here that I can put together to beat anybody else. So uh, I think that's always in my heart.
1: You were drafted in 2002 by the Pacers. How long do you feel it probably took for you to realize that while you are a professional, while you are getting paid and playing a sport you love, you really are a business yourself and you're in a business. So yeah. people make business decisions.
0: Right, right. I, I honestly don't think I, I realize that soon enough. Um, You know, I had heard it, uh, but I I didn't understand it, um, I don't think. You know, and then, um, actually, after my third year with the Pacers, I was up for a contract extension, um, and I didn't get it. And so I was like, man, um, you know, what's going on? I thought everything was okay, and then I had to realize quickly that it was a business and that you got to go about your business. You can't sulk about it. You got to. Uh, continue to work and, and do your your job and it's a job and um you know once I learned that then you know I, I understood it a little more
1: from a former player's perspective what do you think about when you see the type of money that's being thrown at these guys especially last off season, more so than this summer
0: yeah I think it's great um you know i is there a little bit of you that's guy. Like, oh, oh I wish I was drafted 10 years later. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on my mom and dad all the time. Like, why did you have me so early? <laughs> like, I need it 10 years later. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, it's, it's the business of basketball. Uh, we made more money than the people before us. Uh, you know, and so I think it's a, it's a sense where we just got to, you know, be happy for the guys. Um, you know, I, I love the game of basketball. I'm a fan of these guys. So, uh, you know, I, I want them to get what they can get. Fred, why did you settle
1: down in Indianapolis? Why are you still around here?
0: Um, Because I'm in a basketball business and supposed to be in a basketball state. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it honestly made sense. Uh, Like I said, I was here for – so I still had a house here. Uh, I moved my family back here. Uh, right before my first son was born, so eight years ago. Okay. Um, so your original
1: house from your first contract, maybe here from
0: from yeah from my last year with the Pacers, wow. I bought a house and then um, you know I kept that house throughout, and um, so we we came back here for my both my kids were born here, um, and we started a couple little businesses and we were doing that, um, and then I moved back to Oregon like I said two years ago to finish my degree and then go on this college coaching uh job and then when i got to shoot 360 they asked me where did i want to take it where you know what city did i they gave me the option of what city i wanted to go to and i said well we'll go back to indianapolis so
1: you had not finished your degree until recently
0: correct yeah i I was um as soon as the season was over my senior year i left and went to go train and try to get ready for the draft and then um, you know, honestly, I should have went back that summer and, and got it. But That's what they um, always say, because I've, if you let it
1: hang over you, you may not get it after all. Right,
0: right. And believe me, it's really tough. It was really tough to go back and be the old guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, How many
1: credits did you have to make up? Because I'm sure at that point you probably had to go double back time. because yeah. it had been a yeah. decade. I, need,
0: I needed about 38 at Ooh. that point, you know, going from needing probably about 12 before. Yeah. Um, so – so yeah, it was it was a struggle, but it was good. I I got to spend a year with the team, so you know it, school and basketball it made it a lot easier.
1: Oh man, I think if I lived on a college campus again, I would never want to leave. <laughs> but maybe once you have those responsibilities, you have a couple kids, or you're right. married, and and then you have a business or two or three. That maybe maybe that changes oh, your opinion oh, a little bit. Definitely,
0: definitely, it's a it's a different. You know, you don't just get to do what you want on, on campus at that time. It's, you know, you definitely have a, a role that you have to play. You're, like I said, I was on the coaching staff, so, you know, we're I'm spending a lot of time with the guys, making sure they're doing the right things and keeping themselves on the straight and narrow, uh, you know, along with being at home with the family and trying to help my son's, you know, get to their goals. Also,
1: having gone through it and then gone back on campus, what's maybe one thing you would have told yourself when you were in college, whether uh, how to handle situations or go out more, go out less, what yeah. have you?
0: Definitely, uh, make yourself more available for for the for other students. Uh, you know, a lot of times as athletes, you stick with only athletes, and you you don't you don't get out and venture out and and learn new people and kind of understand what they like and don't like. Uh, you're always around your own core group of, of It's your own fraternity. And, absolutely. And so you don't um, – it's so many people on a college campus. You never know, you know, how you can connect, you know, down the line. And I think if you have a better relationship with, with more people, then you never know what can happen in the future.
1: You can open many doors in a variety of areas. And absolutely. I think of you in business and how many smart businessmen that are worth millions of dollars now might – you have been sitting next to in a class or walking to or sharing a bus.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: We've had a couple ducks in the locker room last year, a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Joe Young. Aaron Brooks. And Aaron Brooks. Mm-hmm. One thing we always talk about within that locker room is Nike, and as Joe calls him, Uncle Phil. Mm-hmm. What are the benefits and what is it just like being like Nike's right-hand team, if yeah. you will? An yeah. Incredible yeah. amount of uniforms oh. and gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> definitely that. Uh, but more than that, it's, it's support. Um, you know, it's, it's having somebody there that without a doubt loves, you know, what what that school represents and, and what you're a part of. Um, and having his support and willingness to, to sit there and talk with you and go out of his way to, you know, know your name, know your family, know all of that. Like, you never think a billionaire, uh, you know, in that sense should have anything to do with you. And How
1: often did you see him?
0: I saw him quite a bit. Um, I wasn't
1: sure if it was once a month or just at games, yeah. or is he stopping by practice every Monday?
0: No, no, not every. You know, he don't come to practice. He'll he'll show up to games, uh, to big games. He don't come to all the games. Um, he's at football games because there's once a week. So, uh, you know, I over the years I go and sit with him in his box, and a you smart know, man. always continue that relationship. But um, he's been great. Uh, you know, Nike has always uh, been big for me um I was a Nike athlete going, you know throughout and they've done a lot for me um even after my freshman year of college I worked at Nike at the corporate office uh and did an internship for 12 weeks so I have always been in on that side of it too
1: Was that just for the corporate discount <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish I wish No I was uh you know it was a sports marketing opportunity that they gave me and uh you know I got to meet unbelievable people that I have a relationship with still today um, You know, for me, coming to the NBA, a lot of guys' big thing is their shoe deal, mm-hmm. and then they have to work with an agent to get their shoe deal, and the agent takes a percentage of, of whatever their deal. I was able not to have to do that because I had my own relationship, and so um, through my relationships, I was able to get my deal done before I even had an agent so that I wasn't worried about that. You seem
1: so smart in that you were ahead of the game, and you knew it was about relationships, both whether on campus, at Nike, and to get those things done. I I bet most kids that were your age did not understand that, and still today do not understand that.
0: Yeah, well, honestly, um, you know, I had good people around me. Um, You know, I had really good parents, um, and I probably didn't know that those were the right things to do until I was a part of it. You know, when somebody – gave me the opportunity to go do the internship, I didn't. I was probably like, man, I don't want to go work all day. I want to be on campus and hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they talked me into it. And then when I did it, then it was the best thing for me because of the relationships that I made.
1: So now living in Indy, we'll frequently see you at Pacer games. What's it like then being on the sideline and seeing how things change both from the atmosphere, the, the giant video board, but then also considering, hey, I was out there 10 years ago. That used to be me.
0: Yeah, yeah it's crazy to even think like i i'm so out of being a player mode and into you know being dad okay. and being uh you know a, a business owner it's it's almost awkward to me to even put myself in that position that i was there mm-hmm. uh you know i'm more into you know i enjoy the game so i want to go and see a good game and see you know good players
1: <laughs> yeah What do you think about today's game where right now going into the season we can almost guarantee at this point that Golden State will win?
0: I mean, I think that's always happened, though. I I don't think this is something new. It just seems Uh, like
1: more dominant than usual.
0: Yes, but, I mean, how many times did you go in a season and you didn't think Michael Jordan was going to win the championship? Uh, You know, and if if it was Shaq and Kobe, and you knew that they were going to win. Like, we still had these teams, but – Yes, it's it's a different mode now. The media is different, everything, and they they build it up in a different way. I think, um, you know. But I think we've all. I think the league has always had super dominant teams. They just didn't get promoted the same way.
1: How would you? How would you have handled social media if they had it in your playing days?
0: I honestly don't know. I don't. Um, we talk about that in here all the time. I'm like, man, if if I had Twitter or Instagram or something at that time. Like, it's it's so much, it's a lot easier to promote yourself, but it's a lot easier to get yourself in trouble, too. Double-edged sword, yeah. Right, right. So, you definitely have to use it in the right way. Um, Like I said, I I feel like I would have handled it the right way, strictly because um, my relationship with my parents and how I never wanted to do anything to make them look bad, you know, would have been my whole focus. So... Uh, I hope I would have did it right, but I can't, I can't guarantee that.
1: I'm sure, like it or not, the first thing people think about you when they think of you out on the basketball floor is the slam dunk contest. Is that accurate for one? Oh, absolutely. What more do you want to be remembered as, as a player? I think more than anything, too, with the Pacers.
0: Yeah, yeah well, I honestly use the dunk contest to give me confidence and a platform to try to play the right way. And it's interesting
1: uh, you say that. I'm thinking exactly back to Glenn Robinson the third. this season, won it, his confidence was through the roof, and now I think he truly believes he has a place in this league.
0: Right, right. So that's what you were feeling? Absolutely. Um, So that was my second year in the league. My first year I didn't play a whole lot at all. I think I only appeared in 12, 13 games out of the whole season. Uh, So that was, you know, my second year where I was just in the lineup and probably getting 16 to 20 minutes a game. And you, you're looking for a time to shine and a time to you know to get your, make your mark in this league. And the dunk contest gave me that opportunity. Um, and then, you know, then from seeing the dunk contest and being in it, now you want to prove that, that you're a real player. So, you know, you get your time on the floor, you want to be able to knock down shots and make plays for other people. And I think that's what it did. It, the confidence level was just through the roof. If I could perform on this stage, then in a game situation where I got my teammates with me, I definitely can perform at that stage.
1: I know it didn't directly involve you, but it is the biggest regret of your playing career, everything that took place up in Detroit?
0: The biggest regret is, of course, not winning a championship. Yeah, um,
1: That it, year, you guys it, were destined to it, win. It, 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 I, I hate I, to bring up bad yeah, memories, No, Fred. no,
0: no. <laughs> I mean, of course, I, I think that was one of the more talented teams – in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we definitely would have, uh, had a run at the championship. I mean, we have some tough teams, but we could have definitely had an opportunity to win a championship. Then, um, you know, I, I understand things happen, you know, Detroit. I wish it wouldn't have happened, but it happened and you have to deal with it. I don't think we can go back and say, Oh, if, if it didn't happen, then this would have happened. We don't know. Uh, we don't know if something else would have happened, uh, a injury or anything. So, yeah. um, you know i'm i'm content but i would i would have loved to have an opportunity to 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 play for a championship uh out of the five teams i played on the only team i went to the playoffs with was indiana and this is why uh why i always talk about my time with the pacers cuz it's about playoff basketball and that's what you want to be known for
1: for whatever reason it it's always brought up at the time you know here's the 15th anniversary here's the 20th whatever it is and the thing that's often played up is what apparently Ron Artest said in the locker room was, "Hey guys, um you, you think we'll get in trouble for this. Do you remember
0: that? Is that accurate? Uh, uh, I got a lot of stories. I try to keep them to my to myself but but yeah yeah we we had an interesting conversation in the locker room that night, and uh <laughs> yeah it, it changed everybody's mind frame the next day. What guys do you
1: still keep in touch with on a more regular basis?" Um, Throughout the league, maybe Pacers or not.
0: Right. Um, I mean, Jermaine O'Neal is still a, a friend of mine and somebody I communicate with. T.J. Ford, uh, who He's played with guy. the Pacers later on, but we played together in, in Toronto, is one of my better friends in the in the league. Um, Quinn Richardson is another one that I communicate with. Um, even some of the young, in, some of the guys that are in the league now, I, I have a relationship with also
1: here at the shoot 360 i see your wife kind of running things around here obviously she's co-owner if you will but is she kind of the feet on the ground making sure everything gets done appropriately in a, a smooth manner
0: actually not she she comes in she's uh, just peri- hanging out. periodically okay. and um you know uh does her thing I, of course it's hers too so yeah she mm-hmm. she can control it when she's here um but we got a manager, you know, that that runs most of the stuff and I'm here on a daily basis. So, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm in charge, but I don't want to be that just overbearing person. So I kind of let people work and do their own thing.
1: One thing I didn't ask you about the location. Why, why this location?
0: Well, uh, when we were looking for a location, uh, we were looking for a pre-existing building. Um, and so I looked at about six different locations throughout the city and uh, I felt like this one was exactly the right space um good bones of the building and um i felt on this side of town there was nothing like you know i feel like there's nothing like this anywhere but uh no real basketball facility uh on this side of town so um close to the freeway easy access i thought it was a good location
1: what is the best way for someone to, to learn more about this facility and what you're trying to get accomplished and allow for kids to do here
0: right so um of course our website is shoot 360com dot com. Um all our social media platforms is shoot three sixty underscore indie. Um but honestly I need people to walk in the door. Um That's you know, the biggest I, thing. Absolutely. Uh you know, when you look online, when you look at videos, it still looks great, but it's not the it's not how you feel when you walk in the gym. So uh, you know, we we are encouraging people to just walk through the door and let us give you a we give a free workout to everybody that comes in um, that re- pre registers. So we want to be able to give you that free workout and, and let you see what we do to even see if it's conducive to you if, the, if mm-hmm. you feel like this is what you want to be a part of. Is
1: it geared more towards shooters too? Obviously, shooting is in the name and there's stations for shooting. There's also a wall I've seen where you can bounce a basket like you're yep. passing and those sorts of right. things.
0: So it's all skill development, um, okay. you know, and, and the skills that we focus on is shooting, passing, and ball handling. Um, so all of those, I think, get a lot of the attention, but it's all skill development.
1: What's one one thing you'd really like this place to leave a mark on Indy at?
0: Um, I wanted to give kids confidence in their games. When they, when they leave here and go play in their games, I want them to feel like I've put the work in. You know, I, I've been in the gym and got my reps up mm-hmm. and – And more than – you know, I I know we're going to make kids more skilled, but we want to boost their confidence even more so that they feel like they're a good player when they get out of
1: here. So it's not only giving them a a location and somewhere to hone those skills, but it's also mental because you guys probably didn't have sports psychologists back when you were playing, right? No. That's become a thing. For instance, the Pacers have a guy contracted on staff that will travel with them very often.
0: Right, right. Yeah, no, we we didn't. And and we see so many kids in here that – that has decent skills but don't have the confidence to, to show it. And, um, you know, that's what we want to do. And I tell a lot of parents in here, this is – I want this to be more than, than just a gym where they come work out. Uh, as a staff, when kids have games, we want to go to their games. We want to be a part of them. We want to make sure if they come in here and they got homework to do, they can go upstairs and get some help with their homework before they get to work, you know, before they get to play ball. But it's a it's more of a family atmosphere than – uh, you know, just you're coming in to work out. Uh, we know every kid's name. We know their parents. So we, we try to have cool. more of a family atmosphere.
1: Last thing I wanted to hit on with you regarding another type facility is what the Pacers have done with the St. Vincent Center. It was pretty cool. I thought um, probably about 10 alumni players were on hand, including yourself, for the grand opening several weeks ago. Just what do you think about that – the majestic type <laughs> place it is where – Guys can go in at 1 in the morning and have incredible resources at their disposal.
0: Right. No, I think it's unbelievable. It, it was great. I was glad I got an opportunity to go see it. I, I took my son out of school that day so I could take him with me to to see it. But, um, yeah, it was, it was something that was needed for them. Um, you know, the practice facility in the gym is great, but it's just not a lot of space. And uh, when you start doing more stuff during the season, it's hard to get – you know, that pregame workout in, uh, you know, a lot of places. Um, the teams that I, that it kind of took me to uh, when I played for the Clippers and they had just built their practice facility at that time. And uh, it was very similar to this one. This one is a, a little more bells and whistles, of sure. course, because it's a, a few years later. But um, it was unbelievable to just have a space of your own. You know that you can, uh, you know get in there and spend all your time in, and and that's what they have now.
1: And it's nice because it's just right there. Like the Clippers, I think, is miles away, right? right. Because Staples Center is right there in the heart of downtown.
0: Absolutely, no, I I couldn't believe it. I I walked in the tunnel underneath and then got in the arena, and I was like, "What? This is where it goes?" So yeah, no, it's unbelievable.
1: Fred, I appreciate you taking time here today, and best of luck with this venture and. We hope it succeeds, and we hope there's not just this one, but an Indy, maybe four, five, six, like you were talking about, down the road.
0: Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you coming.